Welcome back. State of our football nation. Huge show this evening. Next up, president of the Preston Lions, representative of the United Football Group, David Svetkovsky, good friend of the station. Welcome to FNR. Thank you, Josh and George, for having me after such a compelling... Um, I was just sitting there listening to you. That, that was absolutely brilliant, George. And whether it's our club opening the door, I know Dan Fodden, uh, our senior women's coach, or one any other club out there, um, a legend like Lisa um, is, is welcome uh, to, I guess, most clubs. Um, and Mark Sultana from Georgie's will probably be calling me soon on that. But no, absolute compelling and, and, and brilliant insight, guys. We've got to get around her. We've got to protect her. We've got to help her because there are people who, uh, you know, if they really love the game, uh, they would step away from the game because they've done far too much damage. They they probably want to sit there and uh, um, be part of the uh, the Women's World Cup, uh, you know, celebrations and preparations. But if they truly love the game, if they wanted the game to go forward, I, I would think this would be their moment to, to see that the cavalry is coming and uh, they step aside. But uh, isn't it great, uh, Josh, to hear that there are clubs, NPL clubs and other clubs who are prepared to, to support a talent that has played out of her skin whenever she's put on whatever jumper. she's When she's played for, for victory, she's been lethal. When she played for South Melbourne, she was lethal. When she played for City, she was lethal. And when she plays for Australia, she, at her best, has been one of the most exciting things to see on a football field. Absolutely. As a father of two daughters, George, uh, I've, I've watched my daughters watch Lisa and uh, the, the way they hold her as a, a leader in, in, in sport. Let's just call it sport. Um, yeah, I've seen yeah, it through yeah. my daughter's eyes and that's, that's the, you know, the legend that she's created, which we need to, to honour and continue. Correct. Uh, David, uh, you, you said you're a, you're a father of two daughters. Uh, I've been to a number of uh, matches where the Matildas play and I've seen so many young boys yep. there in attendance, not only enjoying the football, but embracing the, the champions, whether they're yeah. the young Matildas or the Matildas. Yeah, so absolutely. it seems to me that the next generations don't see it as men and women. They just see it as Australian reps, Australian sides, and we, we want to get behind them, which is the ideal way to support anything, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate, George. I think uh, most weekends there's about eight games uh, two girls will go to and they'll drag my dad, my granddad, their granddad along. And my dad just says, son, I didn't think with two daughters we'd be going to so many games per weekend. And that's, we, that's a beautiful but we thing. Are. We are. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, something thing. very important we need to talk about. Um, in the NPL, of course, in Victoria, uh, COVID <laughs> caused absolute upheaval. They've seen the season cancelled. A great number of clubs were made a number of promises. Uh, and, of course, those promises uh, have been put in abeyance or they've basically been uh, put on hold should this season go to naught or should something be made extraordinary to make sure that the next season gives us a chance to give a whole bunch of people a pat on the back for their efforts, for their achievements on the field, and to say maybe next year we'll have five or six go up, yeah? But next, the following season we might have six go down, if you know what I mean. Is that a possibility? Uh, is is the organisation courageous enough to do something as exciting as that? Well said, George. Well said. I'm, I'm actually going to keep that as a little statement <laughs> to play to some people in uh, football circles. But this journey for us really started um, in August. Um, clearly, we were going to come up against uh, the challenge that, that, that's been COVID and, and the impact on football, however. Yep. And, and 
you, you said MPL, but this is bigger than MPL because this will have impact down to all levels from MPL one all the way down to the state leagues, including okay. both the men and the women's leagues. Because as we sit, the WMPL at the moment on the eve of a women's world cup in Victoria, six, eight teams, eight teams for a sport that's going to host the world cup. So eight weeks ago, and, and I, I'm wearing two hats tonight and, um, Yep, I am the president of Preston and I obviously have the interests of, of my club at hand. However, eight weeks ago, there was four clubs that got together and said, something is not right here. Mm. We've, we've been sent on this path. We understand 2020 as an anomaly. Yep. We, we couldn't anticipate it. But surely, heading into this year where we have documentation, um, and it was, it was early in August, and... What this has brought out, and, and I'll take you on a bit of a journey here, was mm. football, we usually play against each other. We're rivals. We're rivals. We get to the grounds. We're rivals. You might have some friends. Yeah, what yeah. this has done has united clubs, and it started with four clubs. Um, you know, Peter Kyriakopoulos at, at Brunswick, Lutona at Pasco Vale, Mark Sultana, who we're probably going to have a bit of a scratch match over Lisa later on. Um, <laughs> we, we're in discussions, and we're going, this doesn't sound right. This is mm. This is... From our perspective, a loss of re revenue. The, the system loss. has been negligent in in misleading and betraying us. When, um, as as late as August and September, August the 9th, we were given documentation. We have documentation that is saying there will be promotion and relegation. And we but went there was to a contingency, so they made contingencies. Well, we don't know what type of contingencies we, we they were made back there. We were all invited into meetings, and we were all asked to put our feedback in. Um, and assurances were made. Assurances, to some degree, were made. And and let's let's you know. And I just stop, and 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 I want to be balanced in this because yep. we've had some very good relationships with within the FE and the conversations and I'll take yep. you under that journey yep. um, based on the dialogue and, and where I think we'll get to. Um, and I think you summed it up perfectly in the early phases, um, George, but you know, for, for the season to come to a stop, there was, there was talk early on of, do we play out to November? Can we get the grounds right? Because the fundamental issue here and misplanning was based on us coming back and playing round 15 and 16 in the middle of a second COVID year and not coming back and playing around 10 or 11 to at least have an equal season of everyone playing each other, which has caused some major complexities. So, mm. um, so all indications was there was going to be an outcome. And then all of a sudden, out comes the board, season's over. Um, we know some of the other states have had some courage and shown some leadership. So we got together um, and clearly... Four clubs are going, well, what can we do? And we, we wanted to run a sophisticated campaign where mm. we where we put out, reached out to the FE. So we, we've been in constant contact with the FE. What has overwhelmed us is we've gone from four clubs, um, clearly with a vested interest because the four clubs yep. were at the top of the leagues, yep. to calling a meeting and saying which other clubs have been affected We've got over 40 clubs that not only are involved on a weekly basis and saying, hey, guys, um, we're interested in this, both men's and women's. We've had to go down a legal route to make sure that we've got a case and are protected. Um, so we've got a legal team, which we, we don't want to put these clubs at risk. And they're all saying, we'll contribute. So to the FV, 
to the FV's credit um, through the CEO. CEO has been absolutely brilliant in saying, hey, let's create some dialogue. Let's go on a journey. Um, we've we've um, since uh, September the 20th, we were asked to put a submission forward to the board. So I think this was initially about the why. We didn't think we were being heard on the why. Why should mm. you hear us? Why should you maybe be open-minded to some form of recognition? And, and we can go through what the options are on that. So uh, we put forward the submission on, on uh, September 20th, uh, which was a couple of weeks back. And we've made a bit of progress this week, but you know we, we are holding the clubs back. Uh, we don't want to go down a legal pathway where there's bloodletting. We don't want a war. Football doesn't need a war at the moment. What we need is to collaborate. We need dialogue. The FV has given us that, and they have given us some undertakings. Um, and I guess, I guess, as of this week. So, before I, I, I guess, I go through those undertakings. George, please jump in. Um, we, we put forward three options, and I, I shared them, those with Josh earlier today. So, mm. the document that that the um, United Football Group put forward um, in being collaborative was based on three options. Now we're realistic. The first one was, you know, straight promotion, recognition of champions, um, you know, be it anyone from Avondale up the top who were clear, Brunswick up the top. Um, but there are some complexities in that. There are some complexities because from a mathematical perspective, from a data perspective, everyone yep. hadn't played each other. We understand mm -hmm. that. We understand that. So there's various models around the world. Let's call them points per per matches play, points, points per game play that Canberra has used based on, I believe, in NPL over over close to 70% of the season played. Uh, in NPL, the lower leagues, over 62% being played. Um, so that was first option, promotion, relegation. I'll go to the third one, which was could we could we in the early phases, we didn't know because this has changed so much, could we play another two games? Yeah. Let's not throw it out because we, we'd been given to November 30. We'd give, been given to no, number November 30. Clearly, as we're looking at the moment, it, it's going to be unlikely to get the players off a eight-week break. Players have, we've lost players. We've lost coaches. That's been the impact of this. So we've gone, okay. And, and the CEO has been right from the outset, from week two after this, he, he was on a football program and, and he mentioned the word re-engineering or restructuring this. this. This is and could be the best outcome, as you said in your opening, for football so that we collaborate and do away with any, without any bloodletting. And that's right from the top, from MPL1 all the way down. I, I, the reason I said what I said was because mm -hmm. I believe these are extraordinary circumstances. Correct. And you, we must have, any organisation, every competition should have a clause for extraordinary moments. Mm -hmm. And you need to have the courage, the vision, and the bravery to say to all and sundry, look, we love the code, we want to protect the code, we understand that all the volunteers have put in the hours, the players have sacrificed, the administrators who've spent their hard-earned money and others as sponsors, and let's give them something to hold on to. Absolutely. That's why I said to you, let's let's promote the, I don't know, the top four, yeah? So and, the, and, yeah, and there's some good solutions sure, in there, George. And make sure that we don't relegate anyone. Yeah. Uh, let's just change the structure. If it's a... 15-team competition or 10th competition, let's make it a 20 or a 25. 
because this way we do something quite extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All the way down. Yeah. You show yeah. courage. No, and it's like not it. without precedent in Victorian no. football. I mean, just as recently as last year, we had a restructure with MPL 2 East and West becoming MPL 3. And before that, uh, in 2014, I think there were double promotions and a whole raft of different changes. So just promoting the teams who on a points per game basis are in the promotion slots, I think is the like most sensible decision to not cause too much of a ruckus to, uh, you know, scheduling for next season, but also introduce a few extra rounds and get more games in young players, which is a key finding of the performance gap report. Absolutely. Everyone's saying the one thing we're not doing enough of, whether it be the men or the women's, they need to be playing many more weeks of football. Graham Arnold can't get the message off, message over often enough. It's a very easy decision to make. However, Josh, we need to then just scratch behind the surface and go, well, at MPL 1, they need to go to 16 teams. Yeah, because there's no way to promote. Are the two, three power brokers who who hold the key to MPL 1 and maybe are really running Victorian football willing to be open-minded for football's sake or do they want to keep a closed league? Because what we're hearing is they don't want to have 16 teams because it's going to cost them more to play the four extra games. These are teams with aspirations okay. for the B-League. I was going to say, uh, is there an elephant in the room in that we lose grounds maybe if we try this? Or do we have enough grounds to play? And is it simply a matter of the costs being a little uh, beyond what they've all been uh, you know, uh, putting their budgets to address over the, the last The budget, year George, is very easy. Instead of playing it over 24 games, you make it 28 games. The players want to play. Our players are absolutely make just, just can't wait to get yeah. out there because yeah. the modelling has been done. So we, we, we took a data-driven approach to this. Yep. And to your comment of the first or second, George, we thought, wow, what happens if there's somewhere the seconds or thirds are very close or haven't played? So we had data analysts look at it and we did three models. We did the first, second model, um, we did a points per game model of everyone that played again. And then to be fair, we did a top six modeling. So what does it look like if you take the top six teams who you'd think would be in the vying for the leagues? We did a top six modeling. And when we overlaid that, the actual results for 85% plus of the leagues were still the same. The first and second team still go through. So we, we bypassed the why with, with the Federation. They've understood the why. If we can help them now um, and collaborate on on the how we can get this done for the benefit of football, I think we'll have a great outcome. But the one thing I'm I'm very proud of, and we have a meeting tonight at eight o'clock, is this has really brought football clubs together. Yeah, we, we've important. we've had great calls from you know Avondale, from South, from we, clubs are, are talking to each other about what football can be, and and and. As, as you know, I've been around football for a while. I'm new as a president. It's actually nice to see because traditionally we're rivals. Yeah, yeah, no, no. bigger than rivalry. This I is bigger people, than rivalry. I've spoken to Josh many a time and yeah. I said, um, match day is the only time I have colours. Yeah. Every other time I want yeah. the game to prosper and all the clubs to yeah. win. Yeah. I, I know it sounds a bit fanciful and a bit, uh, you know, lovey-dovey, but it, the reality is I've been in the game for so long. I love the game. Let's play the ball, George. Let's play the ball. what do they say? They say, you know, everybody wins when there's a high tide. All the ships rise. And this is what we've got to do. Pump the game up Absolutely. and give it the the courage to go forward. Listen, we've, we've good luck with the meeting tonight. Come back and tell us where you sit. You'll know in a week, George. We, we believe right. they'll, they'll either they'll be a decision on, within a week. Come Done. back on next Anytime. week because Thank the you. important thing is 
We've got a we've got a guy who still belongs to Australia. He, he he actually runs a club. He's the chair of Perth Glory, and he wants to tell us about his exciting young pickup. You may have heard of him, Daniel Sturridge. I have heard of him, but just don't forget Preston signed Benjamin Liverdickos yesterday, who's biggest signing in Australian football. Hey, Josh, we'll leave it on that. Have a good night, boys.